So in the yoga system, okay, here's our teaching. You apply this to your life and what experience you have will indicate if this is valuable, if it's not valuable, if it's if things are changing in your life, if if your heart is changing, your desires are changing, your attraction to these teachings and the practice of these teachings is increasing. Do you feel happier? Do you feel more satisfied? Mm. You know, then okay, on that basis faith begins to develop. I have faith in this because it works for me. And of course in our teachings there's going to be things that you can't prove, many many things. But through this practice and an experience then you're going to actually develop real faith and it's based on that. It's not based on just somebody said so. Hey there, this is Ruben, and uh, welcome to the Breaking Trail podcast. You've, uh, you'll also meet my friend and teacher Balaki in this podcast. Me and Balaki are the ones who are kind of hosting this together, if you haven't joined us before, and you'll get to tune into our conversation. And today we're going to go into depth on the topic of blind faith, blind following, and fanaticism. So happy to have you along as usual. Now let's begin. Yeah, crazy times, huh? Crazy times. But, yeah, hopefully not so crazy on the inside if one sticks to the Bhakti Yoga process. There are, you know, 500,000 Ukrainian refugees in Poland, or in the EU, but they'll start in Poland anyway. Oh, yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of opportunity for outreach. Just a lot of fear and a lot of conflict and a lot of, you know. Yeah. Oh. Blind, a lot of blind faith. <laughs> That's unfortunately true. <laughs> blind faith. I, uh, you know, I, I read something before the talk today and that rejection of all faith as blind is blind faith. <laughs> yeah. yeah. If you just blindly reject all possible faiths as as blind faiths, then then you're the one who's having blind faith. <laughs> you're you're the one who's I blind. remember our, our spiritual master said don't accept blindly but also don't reject blindly. Yeah. Yeah. You know. So blindness is never good on either end, you know. Yeah. I mean, just like when you're physically blind, <laughs> it, it's not good. There's no way you can say it's a good thing, unless you're a musician. <laughs> you know, musicians. Huh? Yeah. The, the blind ones are oftentimes the best oh. because they develop the sense of hearing yeah, yeah, far yeah. beyond the ordinary person. All right. I, I, when I grew up, we had a piano in the house, and my mom played piano just at home, you know, and my sister also. And it was one of the old ones, and it was probably worth a lot of money now, but anyway. <laughs> and every so often, and I don't know, every six months or a year, my dad would go pick up this blind piano tuner. And he would bring him, and he would sit there. Couldn't see a thing. Wow. And he'd just sit there, and he could tune. They didn't have, you know, tuning forks and, I mean, you know, the... You just had to listen. ...tuners that we have now. Uh -huh. They just did it by ear. Wow. And he tuned that things perfect. Wow. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And there's been some blind singers like Stevie Wonder, for instance, and mm. so on that couldn't see, but they could hit the note. Their, their musical ear was highly evolved. So 
So anyway, but other than that, how do we get? <laughs> <laughs> but, but other than that, yeah, you know. So if you're blind in any category, it's a negative. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. But mm-hmm. I, I guess in this case, <laughs> you are believing that you are not blind. You're be- you're believing that those people are blind, and and I'm not blind. I'm seeing. <laughs> You know what I mean? Yeah. That, that the people yeah, yeah. that are believing in some kind of faith, they're the blind ones. And, and while I'm... Right. <laughs> well, yeah, that's what, you know, we were speaking about who is a true guru exactly. last time. Yeah. And the subject was mentioned that, you know, a true guru does not want blind followers. Yeah. He, he discourages that 100%. And that's why he's so precise in explaining everything, you know, in in very simple terms, in great detail, and repeating it, you know, again and again, so people really understand what they're doing, why they're doing it, etc. He doesn't want buying followers. He wants people with their eyes fully open. They know what they're doing. They made the decision to do it. You know, and they're not just taking it because somebody said it. But pseudo guru wants blind followers. That's that's his market. <laughs> so he can, you know, fake people, and and they won't know that it's fake. They'll think he's a true speaker. You know purveyor of the truth and whatever, and he can collect many, many followers and thus cheat them and exploit them. And So the more, the, blind, the blinder, the better. <laughs> yeah, the blinder, the better, you know. And if somebody starts to wake up and open their eyes and see, then they're a threat, you mm. see. They're in the way, so he would like to get rid of them. Which, which is in line with their most of these guys' teachings, which are that you are you are God and you don't need a teacher. So if someone fully realizes that and become realized in that knowledge, they would realize that they have no need for this guy because he says, you know, teacher, so I don't need a teacher either. <laughs> so I will no longer need him as my guide. So I, you know, so the so the t- teacher has a inherent interest, vested interest in keeping his followers non-enlightened to to avoid them leaving him (laughs) yeah he's got to dumb them down so when he presents himself as the final teacher yeah saying you don't need a teacher yeah they won't catch the contradiction (laughs) (laughs) wait a minute if i don't need a teacher you're telling me i don't need a teacher but you're teaching me that i don't need a teacher so you're contradicting your words yeah And, uh, but a blind person can't see that. They, so they like to, to, to build up, you know, emotion and sentiment and, you know, just get people attached to them by their charisma. And we, you, you mentioned it last week, I remember, about yeah. their looks, you know, how they look and yeah. where they're from and, you know, their accent and, you know, just present the image. And, and that's... And, and and that's where if you don't want to be blind you need knowledge you need wisdom and you and the most important thing is what we always start with and we come back to on and on and again in this breaking trap podcast you are not your body so whatever you look like whatever you know the appearance is like that that's not that's that's just that's your body that's not you that doesn't make you a spiritual master that doesn't make so if you want to not be blind you need to know that you need to start with that first basic step to of knowledge and and then apply that to everything because that's going to change everything if you don't know that then you you really don't know anything in a spiritual sense that's right. yeah so you know i've used you know sometimes the example of a person wanting to buy a car a used car hmm. so he goes to the used car lot and the salesman comes out. This guy doesn't know anything about cars, nothing. Mechanically, 
anything. That's a perfect customer because that salesman can say, oh, well, this is a perfect car, you know, and it's only been used by the little old lady that drove it to the market and whatever he wants to say. And let's go for a test drive. You know, and there's there's obvious some sounds going on that indicate some problem or, you know, it's not running. But, but this person who doesn't know anything about cars, he doesn't know anything. Oh, what's that noise? Oh, it's nothing. It's just, you know, normal, you know, for cars to make that noise. <laughs> then he can cheat this person so easily, you know. Hmm. But if the person's done his research, if he studied the subject, if he knows what he's looking for, if he, you know, is a little mechanically aware mm. something, then the salesman is stuck, you know. Oh, wait a minute, I hear that noise. That That's an indication, you know, there's a bad wheel bearing or, you know, when you take off, it's, it's vibration or that's indicating of a worn clutch and et cetera, et cetera. Mm. And so hard to cheat. Yeah. A knowledgeable person. Yeah. So the guy had to do his research. He had to become educated in the subject to prevent himself from getting cheated. Mm. So it's the same in spiritual life. Yeah. You know? Like we said, uh, one of the qualifications of a real guru is he must be saying what is taught in Scripture. But if you don't know what is taught in Scripture... Then <laughs> you can't you can't check. <laughs> How are you going to check? Oh, in Bhagavad Gita it says this. You never read Bhagavad Gita. Oh, okay. You know. And so therefore, you're blind, and you can be exploited. Hmm. Yeah. And it, the, you, what you just said before made me like. It's just uh, so. Imp I mean. Yeah, there's a quote that um, a man a man convinced against his will is of the same opinion still. <laughs> so you know, without without the knowledge and the wisdom, you know, we we can we can speak to someone and you know we can convince someone, but but if if you don't really have you know develop the knowledge by that you yourself taking the decision that this is something that you feel and you realize is true then then it's still you know it doesn't change things like uh your your friend acharya does he has a, a, a nice series on the the science of uh the science of yoga and on youtube and and he said that um one is encouraged to come to the point this is talking about the yoga system one is encouraged to come to the point of great clarity of that which is true uh it's um it's not just encouraged but it's an it's not just encouraged but it's an integral part of the yoga system to come to the experience to experience the reality of truths that are put forward it's actively disencouraged that you should simply have believe in something or have faith in it because again like the quote i was reading you you don't really change your heart you just perhaps you know try to change or you try to change someone's opinion but it doesn't really change <laughs> right right so. and he also had that quote about you know questioning is encouraged yeah yes. you know if you have doubts then you should ask the question mm. you know Doubts can really weaken a person, but if you have doubts and you you want to, those doubts dispelled because you know well this is this is making me weak. Mm. I can't move forward because I'm I'm doubting it. I'm afraid, and so ask the question, dispel my doubts, and that Arjuna in Bhagavad Gita, you know, is in that position where he's got doubts, but he's asking Krishna to remove those doubts. Yeah. You know, because he sees them as a big obstacle, you know, a big challenge that he doesn't want to have. Mm. So we encourage questions. This is the point. You know, serious questions. 
you know, there's two categories of questions. They're just mental questions where, I mean, the mind is unlimited in what it can. Well, what about if this and this, then would this, you know, but serious questions. Mm. And if you're serious about these subjects, then you'll ask serious questions. Mm. And uh, huh. then when it's explained to you and due to that explanation and and receiving the knowledge, then the doubt's gone. Now you don't doubt anymore. Oh, I know. So that's that's encouraged by a real spiritual master. Mm. But again, a pseudo-spiritual master, oh, don't ask questions. Just listen, just believe. Mm. You know. I've had many people come to me over the years who said, I went to my priest, or I went to, you know, some authority and ask a questions about God. And they'd say, oh, God is a mystery. Don't ask questions. Nobody knows God. It's, he's a mystery. Nobody can know God. You see? Yeah. And it wasn't satisfying for them. They, they didn't get what they wanted. And when they came to this bhakti yoga teaching and asked the same question, and they got <laughs> an unlimited <laughs> amount of answers, you know, they go, well, yeah, thank you, because I've been asking this question all my life and nobody's ever answered it before. Yeah. <laughs> so. But so... If we look at the the idea of a faith, faith that, that we, you know, if um, if we see, look, look at, the, at what if, if we look at the idea of faith and the uh -huh. the idea of faith uh -huh. and religious and religious, what is normally seen as religion, what what is what is the role of faith in the yoga system as compared to, because in different religions it feels like faith is you just blindly accept the truths that are proposed and and that's the idea of of faith. You just need to believe this. So how is that distinguished yeah. from the yoga system? I guess that's an important... Well, the, the idea that, that you said, you know, okay, I'm a whatever, Christian, Muslim, even a Hindu, whatever, mm. you know, and I believe everything, see? So that's blind faith again, you know. But we don't... Except that I remember one time a person came to my spiritual master who was giving at that time uh, a series of lectures, you know, and he came to all the lectures. But he was also going, and, and when he, to another place, you know, and hearing from another source. So one night he came up to, to our spiritual master and he says, you know, I got a question. He said, I come here and I listen to what you say. I, I really like it. And all the people here tell me, you are a real guru. But I go to this other place and they tell me, you're not a real guru. So my question to you is, are you a real guru or not? <laughs> And my spiritual master smiled and he says, you know, that's not really an intelligent question because I can tell you anything I want. If I tell you I am a real guru, do you know that? If I tell you I'm not a real guru, do you know that? See? You have to have that experience. You have to have that confirmation within you. You have to listen to what I say, compare it with Scripture, all the things that we've talked about before. Hmm. See? Yeah. And then you make the decision. You come to the conclusion if I'm a true guru or not. Right. So again, that's, that's the way it should be. But in the, so in the yoga system, okay, here's our teaching. You apply this to your life and what experience you have will indicate if this is valuable, if it's not valuable, if it's if things are changing in your life, if if your heart is changing, your desires are changing, 
your attraction to these teachings and the practice of these teachings is increasing? Do you feel happier? Do you feel more satisfied? Hmm. You know, then, okay, on that basis, faith begins to develop. Hmm. I have faith in this because it works for me. And of course, in our teachings, there's going to be things that you can't prove, many, many things. But through this practice and an experience, then you're going to actually develop real faith. And it's based on that. It's not based on just somebody said so. Yeah, it's based on your, your actual experience of that in your own life. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So we're not promoting joining a team. See, a lot of people get their so-called spiritual strength from being a member of a team, which is the best team, the right team. I'm on the good guys team. I'm on the winning team. You know, I'm going to go to heaven because I'm, I'm signed up. I'm an official member. I'm in the book. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And and so that gives them strength. And so it's kind of like the group thing, you know. We're all in this together. Yeah, we're all we're wearing these clothes, or you know, like a athletic team. You know, we're all wearing the same jerseys, and you know, rah rah rah. We get the same motivation and, and the pep talks and etc. But that's not spiritual life. Spiritual life is an individual relationship between a person, his spiritual master, and the Supreme Lord. Mm. And that's all. I mean, really, that's the crux of it. Yeah, if there's other people around and, you know, they're experiencing these truths and, and they're, as a result, enthused and, you know, their faith is strong and motivation is correct and so on. Well, that's obviously going to help you too, see. Yeah. But it's not the group thing, mm. you know. It just happens to be people of the same interest and the same motivation, the same experience and the same, you know, desires and so on that happen to come together. Birds of a feather flock together. Yeah, uh, and and it's kind of like you you have to make it your own. You have to apply it to your own life. I I've seen many people come and go during my years as teaching of teaching meditation classes. Some people, you know, they stay for around for six months a year, but they're really just interested in in hanging around the guys, and they're not really making it uh, applying their process to their own life. And after a while, it gets it gets boring. It doesn't get, uh, or I don't know, for some reason they they. They fall away because they, I guess, they don't experience the reality of these things because they are only reliant on this group, and uh, you know, and yeah, and we're not perfect. Like I, I me as a perfect person, I'm not perfect. I'm not that like a great guy. You're not gonna be satisfied by just hanging around me and depending on me and <laughs> you know being friends with me. But but I'm I'm you will be happy by by applying these teachings and getting closer to to this supreme destination and the supreme lord and that's yeah, you know yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> and some people <clears throat> with this kind of mentality or motivation you know they'll they'll come for a while but they just don't like the group they don't like the guys, you know. Or, or, yeah, you know, that exactly. So that's male another and female. It's another problem. Yeah. And so they go somewhere else. Oh, I like these guys. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the, I like this social club more than the other social club. So they stay there. And and that's not anything to do with what we're talking about. Yeah. You know. So yeah, there's a lot involved in. And getting past all the material attractions and what really makes it so I like someone or I don't or I like a group or I don't or I like this or I don't like because it satisfies my mind, my senses. You know, we keep it on that 
material level, but we got to go past that, you know. Yeah. This is affecting me, the spirit soul. This is attracting. And that's why when some ups and downs come within the group or relationships within the group or, you know, I see something I don't understand or I don't like, you know, oh, I'm not, I'm not going to do this anymore. I don't like this because, you know, this guy said this, or, you know, but if it's real and we're having that real experience, you know, then, you know, all these changes, ups and downs, which are going to happen everywhere in the material world, aren't the deciding factor, you know. If I'm the only guy left, I'm still going to be here. You know, I'm the guy. I have my relationship, and I'm not going anywhere. Yeah. That's real faith, you know. And, um, so we, yeah, and, and, and over-dependence on the group is leading, is leading to a lot of problems uh, there. I, I'm not sure, maybe you know who said this, that the team spirit is the, is the, um, the greatest threat to mankind or something like that. Remember that quote? I've heard it, yeah, yeah. I'm not sure. <clears throat> and probably who I heard it from was repeating it from <laughs> someone else. But yeah. Think of yeah, so be, because that is the we versus them is the path to fanaticism, fanaticism basically. It's Yeah, and that's not that's not the way to go. <laughs> yeah, I mean like What is a fanatic, a person who has a lot of emotion and a lot of sentiment, but little or no knowledge? Mm -hmm. I mean, that's the definition of a fanatic. So he's on the team. He's really enthusiastic about it. You know, he's been converted, so to speak, you know, and now he wants to go out and convert other people. You must come. You must do this. You know, and, and maybe he backs it up with a lot of threats. If you don't do this, mm. then this will happen and this will happen. And, you know, but if you do this, then the good things will happen, this and this and this. So come join our team, you know. And so there's a lot of force from many different angles, like the philosophical forces If you don't go, don't join us and you're going to go to a bad place, you're going to suffer, you're going to, you know, be whatever, <laughs> depending on the philosophy he's, he's putting forth, mm. you know. So if you want to be safe and happy and, you know, go to heaven kind of thing, join us. You know, you're on the right team. Yeah. You're saved because of your membership. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, so the coercion can take many different forms, many different ways. Mm. You know, there was a, a group that was obviously a sect or a cult or however you want to describe it. And they had, this was back in the 70s when there was a lot of this taking place, you know, a, a very big, strong, charismatic leader would start gathering people around and, you know, give some name to his process or movement and, you know, collect a group of people. And there's a lot of young people in those days really looking for these kinds of things. It was very popular yeah. and, yeah, 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 yeah. you know, <clears throat> so... Anyway, there was one group, and so he had a lot of followers, and a lot of them were in young female bodies, you know, and if a girl, I mean, if a guy would come, they would just love bomb them, you know, and just put all the love on them and the moves and, you know, to the extent of, you know, <laughs> you know, and whatever that they needed to do to analyze the senses of this new potential member and they would join up 
And if a girl came, the guys would do the same to her. <laughs> and it was that was their one of their main recruiting methods. And they were instructed to do this. Okay, now this is your you know, your service. This is how you should, you know, get more people to come. <laughs> and of course it worked. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of people. But gradually over time they could begin to see through it and you know, there was nothing really there. It was just sensual, you know, stimulation and you know, gradually it, it, it all dissolved on its own. And I guess again, pro proper understanding is is a key is a key there. It's it's like this purport in the beginning, very, very beginning of Srimad Bhagavatam, that that in this Kali Yuga the atmosphere is surcharged with faithlessness. Men are no longer interested in spiritual values. Material sense gratification is now the standard of civilization. And if you <laughs> you just you just know that that's not that's not where it's at. If you have that proper information, you you cannot be misguided in that way. You know. But it's yeah something that's. <laughs> It seems like we we spoke about this briefly last time that it's it's like the cheated and the cheaters and the cheated. It's almost like we have a tendency to be cheated. It's almost like we want to be cheated. And I'm thinking, could, could it be that we're so in lack of idols that we're just you know ready to accept anyone as our big idol as as our savior because we don't have proper idols, proper people to look up to in our life. I don't know. <laughs> it's uh, yeah. Idols or heroes? Yeah, exactly, exactly. More he, I mean, yeah, Maybe heroes. Yeah. And uh, another reason—that's one thing. And another reason is we're lazy. Yeah, lazy. You don't have to do any work. You just plug in. You know, plug and play, as they say. You just come, plug <laughs> in, and that's all. You don't have to do the, the internal work. You don't have to look deep. You don't have to examine your heart and, you know, take the teaching down to the heart and, you know, really pray, can you give me some, to the, to the Lord, give me some guidance on this, give me some insight, you know. I remember one time, uh, I forget the exact details, but anyway, you know, a friend of mine who was very, very well-versed in all of this and had understanding on <laughs> a very, very high level was saying, we should not pray to God. Because some people say, oh, you got to pray to God to ask him to show me, is this person your real representative? Say you've... You've kind of come to a point where you, you've accepted or, or approached or, or been, you know, introduced to a person, but you don't know for sure if he's a real guru or not. So you've heard or maybe just intuitively you pray to God, God, please, can you reveal to me, is this your representative or not? See? And he said, that's not good because the Lord knows your heart. Do you really want a real guru or do you want to know if this person is a real guru hmm. because you like what he's, he looks like or whatever your reasoning is, you see? He said, your prayer should be, show me who is your real guru, not is this one. Because if this is the one you want, you're not really serious, but you've kind of like, okay, I want this one. <laughs> yeah. Then God will give you what you want. Yeah, sure, he's my representative. And you've now been confirmed inside that, oh, well, yeah, he is. So you've cheated yourself, really. Because you're not really wanting to know. I don't care who it is. It could be this person, another person, whoever, where they're from, what country, what they look like. I don't care. Just guide me to your true representative. See, that's a complete different request, a complete different prayer. See, and that's how it should be. 
So again, it's, it's many pitfalls or many ways to <laughs> to cheat yourself, really. Yeah. Mm -hmm. mm, so. How do we? How how do you then make sure that you're not falling into the category like category of? Um, let's see, I. Uh, yeah, there, there's in in yoga circles maybe someone has heard the word yama niyama, and there's a concept that's called niyam niyama graha, which is uh, which is very undesirable. We we could just say in any way it 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 means either following rules and regulations insufficiently or or fanatically without understanding the goal, and this is one of mention in, in the text that write, write this writes this that it's it's is one of the stumbling blocks for your spiritual life so so fanatically following the the guidelines the rules and regulations without understanding the goal that's actually a huge pitfall <laughs> so yeah well like that takes us back to the beginning where we said this this true guru teacher he wants you to know what you're doing and why you're doing it. Yeah. So from the very beginning, he teaches us what the goal is. Yeah. You know, this is the goal, which he developed in love for God. And this is how you achieve that. And he even describes how this activity will make it possible for you to go beyond this obstacle, that obstacle, this distraction, that distraction, etc., and keeps you on the straight line to the goal. It will purify your mind. It will purify your senses. It will purify your heart. It will keep your senses from some being engaged in activities that will contaminate you and put you under the influence of the modes of nature. In other words, he explains all this. So you're not just fanatically following rules and regulations and don't even know what the goal is. Mm. Or, or why are you doing that particular practice? I don't know. I was just told to do it. You see? Yeah, exactly. Again, that's like, I don't know why I'm doing it, but I was told to do it, so I do it. So, so you need to make sure that you understand why you do it. You need to, you need to, you can't just... Yeah. Again, rely on the team, and then the team says you should do it, and then, <laughs> okay, I do it. <laughs> yeah. So again, it's back to open your eyes, get this knowledge, know what you're doing and why you're doing it. Mm. No. Mm. no. Get up early in the morning. Why? Why do you get up early? Oh, I, I don't know. I just told to do it. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> mm. You know, but if you've been properly educated by a teacher, then you've got a real answer. No, I don't know. You don't say that. Mm. I know. You know. Because it's the time of the mode of goodness during the 24 hours of the day. That influence will definitely, you know, help me, you know, to do this practice. It would be, you know, easier for me to do it. And it it states clearly in scripture. Srimad Bhagavatam, for instance, that, you know, your spiritual practice at that time will produce more results than if you do it. In other words, there's a lot of reasons yeah. to get up early there's, that you need to know. Hmm. And if you know that, then you've got knowledge and you're not just doing something because what if you've got somebody telling you to do this and you do it and it's the wrong thing? Exactly. <laughs> you shouldn't be doing it. You know, so it's a, it's a big danger in lack of understanding. So fanaticism is never good, mm. never. Yeah. And the Vedas warn against it, it just like you read. It's niyama griha. Niyama graha. Graha, yeah. You know. Or, or yeah, niyama agraha is is fanatically with following the regulations without understanding the goal. <laughs> niyama agraha. Yeah. And then another thing is about 
a fanatic is, they become very critical and judgmental of others. Yeah. If you're not doing what I'm doing, or if you're not serious enough, quote, you know, and so on, then you're falling, you're nobody, you're whatever. They, they become also very strong critics, yeah. which is a detriment. They don't want to give anybody any room, you know, to not be as perfect as they are. You know, I'm superior because I'm more perfect. I do my practices or, or follow the rules better than you. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm superior to you. So you get this whole arrogant superiority complex evolving out of this. And that's not the way forward. It's it's like the, <laughs> uh, the yeah the prayer that we we have a prayer that we read every day. I uh, you know every morning. I mean both of us and this is this is part of the the guidance that we've received that that one should be lower that one should feel oneself to be lower than the straw on the street, more tolerant than the tree, and ready to offer all respects to others. And that's yeah. <laughs> Always in a humble state of mind. Humble state yeah. of mind. Fanatics, fanaticism does not promote humility. Fanaticism promotes arrogance, which is the, the, one of the big enemies of true spiritual progress. Mm. Yeah. And... Uh, so we have to be careful all along the way. Yeah. Yeah. There was something that I thought about, but then I, I forgot it. So I guess, uh, I, yes, I do. I do. <laughs> now I do remember because I wrote it down. That's good. <laughs> I took some notes. Uh, there was something that we read in, in, uh, in the purport by Bhaktivedanta Swami in the, in the Bhagavad Gita that was just so perfect and and clearly <clears throat> clearly establishes how then to balance between not having blind skepticism or blind faith so and he says the bhakti yoga process is a scientific execution of transcendental activities which enables one to return home yeah, yeah. <laughs> Step-by-step step, scientific execution of transcendental activities, which enables one to re return home. Yeah, it, it's perfect, like you said. Science, you know, we hear so much about science that they follow the science. You know, oh, you've got to follow the science. Of course, if you really follow the science, all this stuff that they say is the science would be debunked. You know, the... Their definition of science is completely unscientific. Hmm. But anyway, yeah, the, the bhakti yoga process is a scientific process, you know, from the supreme scientist. And all of our disciplic line, all of our spiritual masters since time immemorable have been the perfect scientist. In, in spiritual life, the perfect spiritual scientist. You know. And so it's come down like that. So it can't be wrong because the original spiritual scientist is the Supreme Lord. I mean, he's, he is the origin of true science. And so... If you follow this bhakti yoga process, which is that process which he has, you know, given to mankind as the topmost process, then you cannot go wrong. You can't go wrong. Hmm. And people say, well, I tried it and it didn't work. <laughs> but they didn't properly execute it. You know, they didn't follow the guidelines, the recipe, so to speak. And did they do it under the guidance of a bona fide spiritual master and follow his 
guidance properly. Mm. See, it didn't work maybe because you didn't apply it properly. You weren't really doing what was required. Mm. Yeah. You know, the, the topmost physician, you know, will have the vision. Let's just use an example. He will have the vision to cure your disease. And he gives you a specific protocol to follow. He gives you medication. He tells you how much to take and the schedule to take it in and what to expect and so on. And also combine it with these other things that you need to do, you know, a certain amount of sleep or diet or whatever it is, the whole protocol. Yeah. And if you do that, it works because he has the knowledge. He sees the problem. He has the solution. But if you say, okay, so you take, and you don't take the, you take half the amount he says, or you take it sporadically when you, you feel like it or you remember it, and, you know, you don't follow the other things to support it. And, oh, I, that guy, I tried his cure. It didn't work. No. You know? And so that's the way it is in spiritual life. You know, oh, I tried that, didn't work. <laughs> it's just in spiritual life, like, uh, just coming back to what you said. <laughs> if a doctor says that, you'd be like very diligent. Like you, you'd, you'd take the pills on time and you'd make it, you know, really sure that you're doing everything. But in spiritual life, if someone says that, yes, you were lazy. <laughs> oh man, you mean I'm going to have to have to you know, so-called meditate for five minutes with his Jaffa beads, do one run every day, you know, <laughs> can't do that. <laughs> and, and again, you know, the, the sick person, physically sick person, he knows he's sick and he's, he's feeling like I, I got to get well. I mean, yeah. this is not good. Yeah. I mean, he's motivated much more motivated because of the pain and the disability or, you know, the inconvenience of the sickness. Yeah. But a lot of people, they don't even realize that they're spiritually ill. And so, yeah, they might be a little interested. Oh, maybe I could get, but they're not really suffering like the guy that's, you know, got this physical ailment. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, they can also you know, just do a little change here in life and that a little change and, you know, add a little extra sensual pleasure or change things up a little bit and get a little relief. And they go, I mean, mm. they're not so motivated. Yeah. They don't, because they're not really understanding their predicament. Exactly, exactly. The, mm -hmm. uh, and we're saying, oh, it's just for someone else, just like now, you know. Oh, but this conflict, it's just over there, you know. I'm not part of it, so uh, don't worry about it, you know. Oh, that person yeah, died, yeah. but I'm, I'm not going to die. Oh, don't worry about it. <laughs> right, right. We're <laughs> very willing to be blind and close our eyes. <laughs> Pretend like everything's good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, say so you're swimming in a vast sea, but, you know, you're feeling good, you're an expert swimmer, you're just cruising, the boat comes by, you know, better get in the boat. Nah, I'm fine. I, I don't need the boat, you know. And you just pass it up. But if you're drowning, you know, and the boat comes by, you'll jump in, you know, in a second. Oh. So, you know, we're drowning, but we don't know it. You know, we're fine. We're all right. I mean, that's normal. Drowning is normal <laughs> in today's world. We're all drowning. Whereas it's just normal. And yeah, it's cool. <laughs> it's all right. And like you said, there's some real tragedy happening. Like, you know, you just referred to this conflict. And yeah, but it's it's not me. It's not, yeah, we may have some empathy or sympathy or you know, opinions, but it's not the same as if you're there in the middle. Yeah. Mm. So, yeah, yeah, we need to, to be educated 
from birth. I mean, that's the Vedic system from birth. In the Vedic society, which was, by the way, intact, you know, even 500 years ago, but 5,000 years ago, it was much more so. And in other yugas, it was, again, much more so than now. I mean, we've kind of become more and more and more degraded over the expanse of years. But anyway, in the Vedic society, a person was taught these truths from birth, really. That was the focus of the educational system, Right, was on spiritual truth. And then they included, of course, all the education to deal with the material world as we need to, about health and economy and, you know, whatever was needed. But the, the main education was spiritual education. Yeah. Well, that produced a different result, you know. And, I mean, we only learn what we're taught, right? I mean, you're born, you don't know anything. So you're just taught whatever you're taught. And if you're taught, you know, being in gangs and taking drugs is the way to go because you grew up in the ghetto and, you know, basically didn't have any parents or direction, that's what you learned, you know. But if you're taught spiritual truth, that's what you learn as well, you know. And a, and a different uh, environment also, because in those Vedic times, you weren't the only guy being taught this, and everybody else was on the other's complete <laughs> focus in life. But the whole society. So not only you, but all your friends. No. You know, it was normal. That was normal life. So you went to school with your friends, and you learned these truths, plus, of course, the material, you know, things you needed to know. But it was all connected with spiritual goals and, and, and you know. So it was much easier. The kids weren't, you know, I'm the only guy doing this and everybody else is having fun. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm the weird guy and I don't like being weird, you know. They look like they're enjoying life more than me. They didn't have that problem. No. Anyway, the Vedic society was, is perfect. Now we are far, far, far from those times, so we can't you know, just talk about that. We got to deal with what we got right now. You know, but still, parents have the responsibility to educate their children. You know, the spiritual responsibility to educate their children spiritually. But to do that, they got to be educated themselves. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So bringing back in the idea of a, a real spiritual teacher, you know, and, and a, a real, you know, spiritual follower, student, disciple, you know, who is convinced in all the ways we've talked about, not blindly, but openly understanding. And then if they have the role of parent, they know how to execute that. They know their responsibility. They can apply that. Yeah. yeah. Which is very similar to being a spiritual teacher or like, like you said, you know, in whoever, whichever, wherever, whichever position you are in where people are, you know, looking to you for guidance or for advice. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, we have to take it back home to ourselves, and, and, you know, do our own work and you know, have our own inspiration and, you know, our vision will be given to us. It says it in Bhagavad Gita many times. Uh, <clears throat> you know, those who render devotional service to me, I give the understanding by which they can come to me. The understanding, the vision comes from the Lord himself. You yeah. know? And so... That's a gift that's given to those who, <laughs> you know, act 
in their proper position as the servant of the Supreme. And that's life. That's real life. And with that spiritual knowledge and vision, you can look at any situation, material situation like the conflict between Russia and Ukraine right now. Mm. You can look at it from a spiritual perspective, you know, and you can understand the root of the problem is, you know, not what they will tell you, oh, it's because of this political situation and that, but it's much, much deeper than that. Mm. You know, the, the, the conflict is a symptom of disharmony. Harmony comes from knowing who we are. I'm spirit soul. You're spirit soul. You live in this country. I live in this country. You have this culture. I have this culture. But, you know, spiritually speaking, we're equal. We're all children of God. Exactly. You know, and, and let's work together. Let's, let's compromise. Let's work things out for the material and spiritual well-being of all of us involved. And, yeah. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. That's um, <laughs> chant, I guess. And yeah, I guess it's, it's time, time already. Yeah, well, that's the harmonizer. Yeah. <clears throat> and it, it opens up your eyes, really. It, 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 it makes it so that you are no longer blind. <laughs> it makes it so that we see it things does. very clearly. Yeah. This is, yeah, you just said it. <laughs> I don't have to elaborate on it. No. <laughs> okay, what is our mantra, Ruben? Um, Haribol, Nitagor. And? Oh, no, Goranga. No. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was... <laughs> All those are perfect mantras, but our mantra is Goranga Haribo. <laughs> Goranga. Goranga.
comes back to that chanting is the secret that is the ticket and you know the beauty is even if you don't have faith in it and, and most obviously probably wouldn't <laughs> certainly in the beginning it works anyway if you chant it sincerely sincerely or if you chant it you know, inattentively or with complete faith or no faith, it works. <laughs> yeah, it's Kali Yuga uh, gift. <laughs> because we don't have faith, we're not serious, we're not, you know, we're lazy, whatever, whatever, all the different things. I mean, reality is in Kali Yuga that's, that's us, you know. But if you chant it, it works anyway. It purifies the heart, you know. Might be time to go back on one of the future episodes to why chant. Remember we did that one yeah. time? How how and why of meditation? Yeah. Or Okay, no, why chant? And then a, a quote from the Adipala yes. on all the reasons. Right, 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 right. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, that's good to to reiterate again because you know that's our point, right? To educate people. Yeah. To, and so this is a, one of our scriptures. It's telling us why chant. 
Okay, this is why. <laughs> I'll put a I'll put a link to that one in the episode description, so to make it easy <laughs> for anyone listening. When we do it, yeah. Okay, so. Oh, but we did. Thank something. you, Ruben. We did, for... But maybe that's. Huh? Oh, you, you mean you mean you mean we haven't recorded that one? I thought we did something about that. We did it. Yeah, we did it. Yeah, yeah. That's what. So I'm I'm no, saying. No. I could put that link in the ep episode description of this episode so that people can go back. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> I kind of like to go back over things again and just reiterate it. The, the yeah. importance in you. And if people are just following our episodes as they come up, they've forgotten that by now anyway. That's very true. <laughs> That's very true. Uh, I mean, you ought to remember we did it. Me. So, <laughs> yeah. you know, we're the guys and we are the oh, So, Kali you know, the, the viewer will think, well, maybe I heard that somewhere, you know. <laughs> but the details of what was there, yeah, you put a link, they can go back. But yeah, still. Yeah. Anyway, we got to go. Time's up. Time's up. But good. Thanks, everyone, for having Thank you enough faith again, to tune Harry in. Thank you to everybody there. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Both. Because we're always thanking Slava and our Chintamani singers. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us. And uh, thanks for watching. We'll see you next time. We'll see you next time. Thank you, Valakia. Thank you very much. Namaste. Namaste. Haribo. Haribo. So I hope that you know that you can always leave a review, which will be very, very helpful for us to help spread this and share this to more people on Apple Podcasts. That is an implemented feature. You can always leave a comment on YouTube if you're watching this as well. And uh, just hoping that you spread the word, keep engaged. You can you know, stay updated on our email list. And uh, I hope to hear from you soon uh, or see you soon as well. <laughs> So uh, make sure to stay true to yourself and dare to break trail. <laughs>